last, and you are listening to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education, where every week, two lifelong friends gather to rewatch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic mixed tune, Hey Arnold. I am one of your hosts, Sean, and I'm not on strike right now, at least, but I am standing in solidarity with those that are. Uh, my name is, I'm Michael, and I was going to identify by my two last names, but I'm not going to do that for anonymity. <laughs> but just know that <laughs> because I'm Filipino, I technically have two last names, but the first last name is my middle name and my mom's maiden name, because that's just how we roll. So good. So I'm, I love that we're in our <laughs> let's not dox ourselves era. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's my it's my favorite season of our of our podcast. I, I don't want I don't want what I've been I heard like on another podcast. I was on Pod Meets World, which they're approved to keep doing their thing. Apparently, iHeartRadio like kind of approved it all good. But mm-hmm. they were told telling me or they God, it's like they told me I, this is how you know I listen to the show too much. They were talking about how like awkward it is when like. Can you imagine like how uncomfortable it is to be like a famous person and you're just traveling and you're flying or whatever you get off your plane and there's people who aren't fans just with like stacks of your records or like who want you to sign all this shit so they can go sell it off. Like Will Friedle, mm-hmm. he talked about how like he got off a plane at O'Hare and he was in town for C2E2, which is like a really big prominent comic convention out there. And he said there was a guy just waiting for him. He like bought, bought a, t- a plane ticket, mind you just so he could get past security and be waiting for Will Friedle as soon as the plane, as soon as he like gets out of the jetway. And he's like, has a stack of batarangs and Batman masks for him to autograph. That's, that's such a trip. Yeah. It's, this feels gross. Like I just, I felt like yeah. secondhand really uncomfortable. I uh, just didn't felt bad for him uh, hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, celebrity is just such a shitty thing to experience. I think like, I don't know if everybody who, like strives to be famous is aware of those implications but Mm -hmm. it's shit like that you are instantly commercialized with Mm -hmm. everything that you do um your actions are closely under a microscope depending on the size of your celebrity and i don't know you you literally can't do things like you, you cannot do things and like as much as like while working at disney you'd like say like oh look how spoiled they are getting backstage stuff they're not backstage because they're celebrities. They're backstage because they wouldn't be able to enjoy the park if yeah. they weren't backstage, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel that. That sucks. That <laughs> sucks. There was a Couldn't mo- be me. There was a movie like 20 years ago. I think it's just called Paparazzi. Do you, do you know about this? I'm drawing a blank. Okay, okay. I forget who's in it. I got to look it up because I actually feel like I, I, I do want to check it out. I would I would be very surprised if it doesn't eventually wind up on like, how did this get made? Um, mm. It's about a like a, a movie star who's like hounded by the paparazzi like you do and the paparazzi like hound him so bad like while driving they're trying to like get a picture of him while he's like driving his car with the family that his family (laughs) his family they get into a car crash and like his his whole his wife and children die and then he goes (laughs) and i guess he's like ostensibly like an action star so it's kind of on brand like you know kind of and probably like an amory slash abdicator like person Uh, you know a highly paid television tv star um badass and he uh basically goes like on a revenge mission to kill the paparazzis who who caused the death of his deaths of his family (laughs) that's not a bad plot it's kind of cool it's kind of definitely a how did this get made yeah but that's not a bad plot yeah yeah i would watch it was it was out around the same time as like walking tall and the rundowns and all that oh okay that, yeah, yeah. Those so types it was one of, of those movies, movies. yeah i guess yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah uh but hey if you want to hear more banter like that um we're on apple Podcasts, we're on spotify amazon music stitcher rate us review us 
smash that subscribe button. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing in the podcast world. But I smash I smash that plus sign pretty hard on, on Apple Podcasts. That's Can how you, you tell add. that I only exist on this side of the podcast? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's consume like, as many as You're I a should. creator. I am a consumer <laughs> and a creator. That's my problem. But I feel that my music, my music taste is really like taking a dive as a result um, because I listen to more podcasts than I do music. Uh, or at least discovering new music, I should say. But hmm. uh, if you too are addicted to podcasts <laughs> and you want to help others get addicted to our podcast, let people know about it. Heck yeah. By liking and reviewing us. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Good Pods, which I'm now updating on our notes uh-huh. template because I forgot to do that Pitcher, last year. Pal. I've got mine updated. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but we also have socials. Twitter, yes. Instagram, both of them are at PC118Pod. Yes. And if you want to email us, just move the ampersand after pod. Mm-hmm. Nice. Put gmail.com at the end of it. Totes. And that's us. Uh, that is today, us. Today, we have the penultimate mm-hmm. episode of this season. Uh, season 2, episode 18. The uh, twin uh, effect of Tour de Pond and Teacher's Strike. We were talking a little bit ahead of this about continuing to refine our practice here and thinking about Mr. Simmons' morals before we go into the conversation. So be ready for a little bit smoother end on that. But um, yeah, without further ado, let's just jump into our first episode here, our first part of the episode, Tour de Pond, which um, I'm going to pull out the Phoebe's Notebook pretty early here. Uh, for those of you that don't speak French, Tour de Pond, translated to English, is Tour of the Pond. Okay. Just like Tour de France is Tour of the France. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. Well, you know, as a, as a pronoun, it would just be Tour of France. But... Right. That's just my two years of uh, of collegiate level French speaking. Wait, you actually wait? Did you take French in college for real? Yeah. yeah oh, that's absolutely. Sick. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So story behind that is I wanted to get credits, so so I took the test for Spanish to see where I would place at, and I placed like just enough to skip like a quarter, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, if I'm not gonna get like a full year out of this, I might as well just try to learn a different language anyway. Sure. But yeah. Took the shot, learned a little bit of French, got a little guttural with it. It's a fun language, but it's it's clunky. It's very clunky. You you speak with the back of your throat a lot. All goes is all. Oh yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. I mean, like even tour is like tour. Tour, tour. Original air date November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety seven. Written by Rick Gittleson, directed by Dan Povenmire and Julie Murphy Hashiguchi. Representing with two last names, <laughs> much like uh. Our, our villain, our anti-hero. Villains. Oh, our anti-hero. Yeah, villains, yeah. plural. Yeah. yeah. They kind of play both roles a little That's bit. That's true. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, it is, um, it's a parallel. There's some nice, there are some parallels here. You get, uh, it's a 2v2. It's a Marvel versus Capcom it's situation. It's a 2v2. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, in this episode, Arnold and a descendant of his grandpa's arch enemy, <laughs> Rex Smythe Higgins, <laughs> compete in a boat race on Tour de Pond. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Is there, but is, is, has there and will there ever be a better name for a rich old money asshole than Rex Smythe Higgins? <laughs> no, it's the perfect name. Rex is the best first names Smythe <laughs> is a phenomenal last name and then it could have been anything I think yeah. I think I think it could have been anything but Higgins just like the double G Higgins like yeah you have to like so good yeah <laughs> Higgins <laughs> oh my god um something I noticed in this episode right in the beginning though is um they either mocked or used a multiplane cam to like ex to expo the uh the park Okay, okay. Which felt 
I mean, maybe I wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. to the other episodes, but it was very different. Like, no, this one the, had like, a different. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an old Disney cartoon, like the old, like the windmill or whatever that one, or like the Silly Absolutely. Symphony. Like, yeah, yeah, there was a there was an in, there was a kind of whimsy to this episode. Yes, I think due to the subject matter and the sort of the multi generational story. I don't know how hot like RC boat races were in the mid '90s. But to yeah. uh, see, yeah, obviously Maybe. to see like, you know, these young boys, like the, the grandpa generations who had done this in the 20s, if we're going mm-hmm. by like 70 years ago. Yeah. And even just down to the uh, jumping ahead slightly to the genius uh, of Jim Lang, like there was like he was dipping into like the swashbuckling pool. It was sweeping Absolutely. and that made these like these tiny little this tiny little boat race feel like have this like really like grand scale I actually actually appreciated that. I was like, I don't know if it was just the audio mix on the DVD uh, version of this episode I was watching, but I was like, damn, mm. the music is like in your face <laughs> on this one. Like, yeah, they and it definitely has to park, sell it. Yeah, yeah, they made the park and the pond feel really grandiose, and I mm. I think that's what I remembered about this episode was I I remember this one being almost like an edge of your seat kind of episode. Mm-hmm. Like, you're definitely cheering for a team. There's a clear villain, like someone you're cheering against for reasons that are explained well through the episode (laughs) and then it's an action story too like you get like you know very cartoon elements within the race itself both races really but it's really really fun to follow along with it's super super fun i think it's like the music but it's also just the characters in this one are presented so so well yeah yeah They're, they're presented so well and it starts with Rex Smythe Higgins just being a little shit Dude. with terrible posture and a pot belly and a butler that he calls. What does he? What does he call his sister? Well, he calls him his friend, who is like his tech also for the boat. Are you talking about how he refers to him? He's like, not yeah, now, I'm, minion. I'm eating <laughs> minion. <yeah. laughs> what accent? What accent? It was. What? Like, my default is to just say, like, mid-century Atlantic or whatever, or whatever the thing, the basis for, like, Moira Rose is. Like, the spine is that. It's obviously that old-timey. But, again, Mm. yeah, like, like, yes, I highly... (laughs) Yes, I do think it is a fantastic idea to send the Orientals in a basket over the cliffside in order to finish the Transcontinental Railroad or something. It's exactly what he said in this episode, everybody. If you haven't watched it, you don't need to anymore. The, the, the pond is actually going to Niagara Falls and sending people over it like, in barrels. Is Dude, like, I, I never... Now I'm confused. I need to look it up in the dictionary now because he goes like, what are these plebeians doing here on plebeians. my pond? Is it because I always thought it was plebeians, but who knows? He's the rich guy. I'm not. I'm just. I don't know. I say plebeians. <laughs> yeah. and plebeius plebeians. Is the name of my golf persona. <laughs> it is. It is. In, yeah. In uh, PGA 2K yeah, Every PGA 2K that goes free on uh, on PlayStation Plus. If any of you play that, and I have destroyed you as plebeius McGolfington. <laughs> You're welcome. There's some nice. That's some nice co- subtext there, you know, because golf is usually seen as like a rich man's game. So Plebeus mm. McGolfington is coming in as like the Cinderella story, upending everything like Caddyshack style. I respect you it. Better believe it. I respect you better it. Believe it. Or the yeah. world's greatest, the game, best, greatest game ever played, starring Shia LaBeouf. I saw that in the theater for some reason. <laughs> that you did. Um, my first note about Rex Smythe Higgins is L O L O L O. This guy and his dumb voice. <laughs> I hate his little 
his little sailor hat or I captain's hate... hat that's that's the thing i hate most about his like I, design yeah. yeah he's the meanest snottiest yeah. kid on the racing circuit <laughs> that, was, that was sid that was sid's description of him right mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that Rex Mythe Higgins, banger of an insult to Arnold. What, mm. is, what are you going to race me with? That ship-shaped head of yours? And then that borderline French haughty laughter oh, is like... Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I and forgot. Arnold, does, Arnold yeah. does clap back with calling his boat a dinghy. Like, Dude, if I had a nickel for every time Arnold says he wants to beat Rex's dinghy, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Hmm, interesting. Interesting subtext. <laughs> Expand, Michael. Just kidding. <laughs> you only have two nickels. I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to insert a current meme so as to date this episode yeah, very thoroughly. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But I will say, like, for like an opening to the episode to like set the stage for like why Arnold is going to participate and like mm -hmm. why this is important. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they do a really good job, and it almost makes the grandpa backstory kind of a curveball. Okay, say say more. Say more. You know what I mean? Like they. They bury the lead because they open it up saying like, oh, Rex Smythe Higgins, he's won this four years oh, in yeah, a row yeah. and they set him up like that. And you're like, oh, okay, this episode is just going to go with like Arnold wanting to beat this kid and mm -hmm. then explaining to grandpa and getting his help. But finding out like in that moment that there's a deep seated like history with the Rex Smythe Higgins and yeah. this particular boat race. And it's a nice thing to see a grandpa get sucked into it. And you get that first inkling of grandpa caring more about himself when Mm -hmm. He starts to tell the story, and Arnold just doesn't really want to hear it, but he still <laughs> steamrolls straight through to tell him about the SS Gibraltar. <laughs> oh, Grandpa, we love you. We yeah, love this is. You. I was. Just... I was gonna say, like, I, I know I've had my criticisms of like this run of episodes, or what. I still don't know exactly what what era mm. to call this. I like, to call it just like second course of season one or whatever. Yeah. But I will say, like grandpa really does start to take more shape here as like mm -hmm. being again yeah similar it's like hey i want to help you out but like i, I want to help you here but i definitely have my own agenda <laughs> yeah um which is kind of part yeah. of his shtick lately yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, he's a wily old coot being the he's a wily old coot um also i'd like to pitch because they don't specify rex smith higgins senior versus junior i produce i i propose we call uh the elder rex smith biggins <laughs> That works for me. Perfect. Okay, we're gonna see that. Um, so then, the other note is also you, Rex Smythe Biggins, who <laughs> <laughs> drilled a shitload of holes. <laughs> I'm surprised the Gibraltar made it that far. <laughs> it didn't even sink like right when you put it in the water. <laughs> And then just peak visible, visible comedy to like, there she blows. <laughs> She's not in the best of shape. And she's like moldy and maggot. Dude, the gross up, the, we don't really get gross ups on this show, but this was like a no. Ren and Stimpy, SpongeBob level gross up of the, yeah, the maggot larvae or whatever you call them. <laughs> like, Why is it in the house? Why <laughs> did you exterminate with no masks? There's also, I, I say this pretty much every other episode at this point, but there's a really good episode about <laughs> extermination gas and going into it without protection in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right on. Right, right on. That's all good. It's so good. And you get Danny DeVito coming out of it with his eyes, like, literally <laughs> bloodshot red <laughs> for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and the best part is it's because they left the World Series tickets in the house that was getting bug bombed so, <laughs> so Frank goes in to get them doesn't succeed 
yeah, it goes it goes really fast this thing. And again, it is just this it just feels like a it just feels like a 90s sports like movie or something like a kids 90s yeah. sports narrative basically <laughs> is kind of how it goes. And also it just reminds me I feel like I don't remember if this is in the the novel of the source material, but I feel like like the movie of Stuart Little just like stole this episode for that sequence, <laughs> where even down to Fair. like like the rich like asshole kid with like a way more technologically advanced boat going yeah. up against like Stuart in like like the old school schooner. They also run to like a bridge that goes over yeah. the pond. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Same blocking. Continue. The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I yeah, I feel like now that you said that, I remembered drawing the comparison between the two as well. And Stuart Little. Great movie. Fuck it. Like, what a time. Michael J. Fox just like pulled Banger out those strings. Yeah. Absolutely. Same directors as The Lion King. That's what did it. And while we're on the Disney train, and also owing to, honestly, like people should seek out the uh, the uh, Hunchback opera uh, song that oh, Sean turned me on to last. Yeah? No, dude, I told you I loved it. Similar but different. Yeah, I do want to just give a quick shout out to the voice actor for Rex Smythe Biggins, Tony J, who was also the voice of Judge Claude Frollo on in the Disney Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I'm just like, Nom. it was like, I mean, this guy had a really interesting career. He's in a bunch of video games and a bunch of cartoons and stuff like like, I guess in like the later, the later portion of his career, just like it was a terrifying voice, honestly, to kind of oh, like yeah. close your Imposing. eyes and hear. Very, very scary. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then we come to the present day, and uh, we get to see who's competing. And uh, just for the people in the back, I would like to say, since we saw the baseball glove hit again, mm-hmm. baseball kid, I hope you f-ing die. <laughs> oh, okay. I did like stink. Speaking of other competitors, I did enjoy Stinky's boat. <laughs> yeah. It was a river boat, just like a yeah. good southern boy would, with the little, the little wheel. Whatever Absolutely. you call those, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, 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 the Mark Twain, <laughs> yeah, the Mark Twain, if you will. <laughs> oh, god, and then we get old men fight so good when grandpa was like, So, oh, yes, we know each other. <laughs> I know you, he's like, Yes, and I know you, and like, I know you. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was that was a really great exchange. I wrote that down for sure, <laughs> yeah, so good. Just children. <laughs> they're just they're sure. just children. My grandson's gonna be your grandson. <laughs> just the instant devolve mm-hmm. of them going into kids is so mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, it's good. I do. I mean, I do enjoy narratives such as this. People pitting their their children and or their grandchildren against each other, actually genetically related or otherwise, to resolve their own disputes. See also. Little Giants, uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, so this, that's narratively, it's totally my shit. Yeah. yeah. And the thing was sponsored by Yahoo too. And it wasn't Yahoo Soda. It was Yahoo.com. Oh, it, just said, it just said, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it was, it was the Yahoo.com logo mm-hmm. hand down. Like <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, that's gonna be Yahoo Soda, but I didn't see Soda underneath it. And they entrusted the, the judging and like the color commentary of this to like two, to just two children. There were no adults presiding. This is definitely not like a, a sanctioned <laughs> event whatsoever. This is just a bunch of kids saying who has the best RC boat. <laughs> like that's, that's 100% what it is. But then it turns into Pirates of the Caribbean world. Dude, I was going to say the freaking Calypso's Maelstrom. Like, yeah, oh my God. Exactly. Which yeah, yeah. Uh, another movie that stole from this particular episode. So this has spawned two <laughs> spinoffs now. <laughs> kind of yeah. badass. We should put Seth Rosen. 
Hans Zimmer, Klaus Bedelt over over this. I think there's like maybe James. We could and, do the magic of editing on yeah, that. Totally. Right? Absolutes. We could definitely do that. Absolutely could. Oh yeah. my god, fuck Cutler Beckett. Sorry, he's like one of my top like film villains oh, of all time. Punchable face, punchable, punchable face. like yeah. character, everything about yeah. him. And everything about him. White Lotus season two is own Tom Hollander, ladies and gentlemen. Killed it. <laughs> well, well he, he got well he also got killed, but there's that too. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Sorry to those who Sorry, have not everybody. seen I know there's a lot of crossover between people that watch White Lotus <laughs> and listen to PC 118 pod. <laughs> hey Arnold Reeducation, where two Louis, two oh lifelong God. friends gather to rewatch, review, and relive every episode of the movie and classic Nicktoon Hey Arnold. <laughs> I think you're gonna go through the whole spiel again. Um, no, not the whole, not you, the whole thing. Although this did also make me a little uh, nostalgic and wistful, as doing this usually does, but particularly. Um, at our neighboring, this doesn't totally dox us. It docks us to a, like a general area of California, but like not yeah. bad enough. Um, at what was once Paramount's Great America, now mm. California's Great America for like mm. roughly 10 more years before they close it apparently. Yeah, there was like, do you remember that there was like a little, there was like two stations, there was like a thing where you could put, there was like a bunch of steering wheels set up, you put your money in and you could like race like these monster trucks around like a, a track. And then they mm. also had one that was boats. Yeah, I always. Well, they they also yeah. had the thing that was not uh, paid for it, and you would it was like in the back of the park, and you would just pick up the boats, and it was almost like a lazy a lazy river just for what? like little. Boats. I don't remember that. Uh, dude, <laughs> yeah. barely. Wow. Huh. Yeah, it was tucked way back in the back there. Okay. Not really even an attraction, really. For some reason, I just pictured like a sushi restaurant where you where it's a little lazy I mean, river, and you pick the sushi off the boats because those are great too. Yeah, basically. I mean, it was a. Uh, it was kids' interactive water play. I see. Water table before its, before a water best. table. <laughs> before the water 100%. table industry broke out. Do it when you're an um, adult doing dishes is your water table. You better believe it, yeah. baby. <laughs> if you have a well sized sink. If you True. don't, then it's you just hate your life. <laughs> That's what you do. Let me see. Um the dialogue between Rex Smythe Higgins and Rex Smythe Biggins was really good around like justifying cheating, which I mean, I'm not going to say it's Arnold's fault, but since, like, why would you leave? Why would you leave your controller on the ground there? Uh huh. No, no, I wrote like that it too. By, yeah. It wasn't by accident because he knew to go back and pick it up. Dumb. Reckless. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Reckless. But I really did like the dialogue of Higgins challenging it. <laughs> Biggins saying, but I call it tradition. That was fucked up. They had the temerity to challenge Dude. the racing dynasty. Like, this is, this is absolutely 100% a guy who would make it yeah. his business to exterminate the Romani population in all of Paris just because yeah. one woman like cast allegedly cast a spell of lust over him like same same energy you know absolutely absolutely <laughs> a beta everybody <laughs> just kidding i don't use that term as a joke or in real <laughs> so stupid uh what was the thing that was with shrimp by the way it shrimp was a sh- what shrimp shrimp and dip for everyone dip oh my god like, like not even cocktail? Like I know, right? And it was like green. It was like it was disgusting. I'd be hard pressed to figure, but yeah, it's oh god. It was just so weird. Like, yeah, his whole posse, they're all wearing like the same yellow sweater. It's just it just screaming their hands into shrimp like and yacht and club. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah. But then this episode steals from uh Star War and Trust the Force. True. I think it's also the first, maybe the only episode to end in I don't think it's a wipe, but yeah, that thing where it like kind of like the circle closes in vignette, whatever you call that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like very like little rascals, like Looney Tunes style. 
Yeah. That was there was just a lot of stylistic things in this episode that kind of harken back to bygone eras of animation. Oh yeah, no, they they took they took liberties here. Yeah. They one hundred percent would. Um this is not a hate Arnold moment, but I would not befriend Rex Smythe Higgins after the way that he treated people. No. And it was on it was on full display the entire time. So like mm-hmm. Arnold doing that is one hundred percent ulterior motives. He wants to have like oh, the asshole yeah. he is. <laughs> I mean, he's hardly the only character on this in this show who's like, it'd be nice to have a rich friend. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> slight future spoiler, but yeah, we'll get you know. Sometimes it's Always nice to... to have a rich friend. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta have one, or at least someone that's in a different class than yeah. you. <laughs> We close in the vignette. We also get a, a delivery of the line Old Bean, which is always great when you have someone with an accent to mm-hmm. say Old Bean. So good. And then the episode's over. And then we move on to uh, the more problematic of the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I can't. Yeah, I've been waiting. I mean, I I really admire and respect you and you're just like and your eloquence and being able to put words to things that I just have like vague we'll thoughts see too we'll see we'll see but yeah like i've we'll never happens with I, this one i've always had a weird reaction to this episode and I'm, it's nice to feel a little validated on that i can't wait to see where, where we go so go ahead yeah absolutely so everybody this is teacher strike original air date november 24th 1997 written by rachel lipman and joseph purdy directed by kelly james and steve saki in which this episode teachers of arnold school go on strike because of inadequate funding He and his friends are on cloud nine, only to find out that every lost school day will be taken from their summer vacation and that their teachers have taken jobs at their favorite hangouts, turning fun into school. With with all the love and respect I've got, it's a it's you know, it's a it's a cartoon episode enjoyed, like watched it. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all of the plot notes were they were very first person from the kids perspective. Why I think that works for this show is because it is a kid's show, but why it doesn't work for me in respect to the rest of Hey Arnold is I think that consistently Hey Arnold has done this good job of appealing to like morality or a larger understanding of something or a lot of good Disney and DreamWorks movies do. They they play that line between appealing to both the kids in the audience and the adults in the audience. Uh, this episode just doesn't do that. It makes the arguably very serious implications of like budget constraints on teachers and the way that it affects their livelihood and ability to perform their role trivial showcases all of the additional work they have to do to keep themselves fed and and happy yeah while also being able to celebrate the things that they enjoy which every single teacher like again out of order here but like every single teacher they cross paths with likes to teach like has a That's passion a for teaching we yeah. know that since mr simmons and it's turned into a joke in each of these things and something mm-hmm. that's like paired with the kids just being not down for it yeah, yeah yeah and then it's just a really selfish resolution and a weird resolution which we'll get dude, to. dude yes please like okay. really weird <laughs> very um, very but yeah like i would i would go as far as to say this this might be like probably my least episode least favorite episode of the season unless unless next week's like really comes out of the out of the mm-hmm. cold and knocks me flat <laughs> which it could maybe <laughs> i think yeah the first half perhaps second half i think i'm 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 cautiously optimistic about next week's but i am excited to like finish off the season in general this episode feels like something that would could have been done better say on like recess like it just doesn't none of the characterization characterizations feel particularly strong or um, like consistent with what we had seen prior like it's i guess that was partially weird because it's like i can see why ultimately i think this this episode did show me 
made it very clear like why they decided to like swap out Miss Slovak and bring in Mr. Simmons because like she was kind of just like the uh she was she if she wasn't like an exposition dump real quick at the beginning yeah actually there we go like this was the first time like Miss Slovak had had an arc and wasn't just like basil exposition you know of like here's yeah. here tutor torvald or here's the spelling bee whatever like it just didn't necessarily work well we'll dance around it until we get to it but like the resolution of this episode and and kind of what it implies whether as a joke or as like an underlying tone mm. between two characters mm-hmm. it doesn't serve anything for the show no now that we've mentioned mr simmons a couple times like miss slovak next to mr simmons is like the perfect foil to make mr simmons look like that much better of a character in mm-hmm. this seat Mm-hmm. with this group of students yeah for sure yeah she doesn't yeah. like he doesn't you can tell miss slovak is kind of i think i i think i actually heard like um craig bartlett say he kind of like felt like miss slovak felt too similar to say like miss Krabappel and the simpsons and it's just like that's fair you know yeah. even though like miss Krabappel, like technically miss Krabappel was like a really like emotionally intimate like emo- yeah. intimate like kinship mm-hmm. with bart at various points in the show but still yeah she's just kind of like yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm here, but I've been here for a while and I'm kind of just biding my time, you know, like she's. Yeah, it's it's not to take away from like what the inciting event for or the reaction to that inciting event mm-hmm. that Miss Slovak carries this episode. I think that she is very justified mm-hmm. in her stance. She's just a very, very meat and potatoes character, it feels like, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of run of the mill exists. Yeah, it definitely makes you miss Mr. Simmons <laughs> to, a, to a degree. Yeah, we've know? been like jumping back in the timeline and stuff here, which has been weird. But I think, again, we're almost we're almost out of those woods more for the most part. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. uh, for people that haven't seen the episode, this one, um, it's about a teacher strike. And what we get in the first kind of like expositionary shots here is just um, a little bit of a tighter, darker, darker classroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I, Sherry, okay. I did Sherry. like, there was a pretty funny, like visual gag there, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> sharing, sharing the, the, Oh, sharing uh, desks, sharing desks. The, ben- yeah, yeah. the bench desk, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure those exist and they sound like a decent idea to be honest, but no, yeah. like, no, 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 <laughs> not, not I would have hated that dynamics of different, different kids, yeah. different years, different places. But you can tell very quickly that it's about the uh, the classroom becoming more efficient in the use of money. So there's smaller pieces of chalk. There is uh, not as much light in the room. There are fewer desks, and we're fighting for space between Helga and Arnold sitting next to each other, which, you know, they're going to toy with it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then over the PA system, we have Principal Warts just being Principal Warts, saving money and calling out that only one piece of chalk a week to sign, <laughs> sign out, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I laughed pretty hard at that. <laughs> and like, then oh, you just oh. get this like one, two punch yeah. of like, we've got nothing left to cut. <laughs> oh, by the way, here's a money saving light bulb policy. And she opens up the windows after being cued to like let in some natural light. And what's behind it, Michael? It was, it was a board. It was, it, I forget what, but yeah, I mean, are, are, are we to believe, wait, that was a little like unclear for me. Like, are we to believe that that was like the window had been broken at some point? Is that what the deal was there? Like, even as a kid, I, I was like, "What are we doing so. here?" Because yeah, I mean, I we're talking like like an inner city, you know, obviously very underfunded school, etc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like the the floodlight sound, of, like poof, like just turning off every light in the <laughs> that was <laughs> that was probably the biggest chuckle that the episode got out of me, and unfortunately, yeah. it was not topped at any point. Yeah, no, not at all. Was this was it the same like lights down as uh the school festival lights down? I thought I was gonna say ruthless. Yeah, like that was what <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. 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 
But yeah, so then that starts the strike. So we get no chalk, no teachers on repeat for the next... Uh, I was going to say. Mm -hmm. what, 11 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> no, there's also, um, we have to go back to school. <laughs> we have to go back to school. Which is the same amount of syllables and cadence and um, melody as, Make Helga disappear! Make Helga disappear! Is the same amount of syllables in that? No way. Make Helga disappear. We have to... Oh, my man. Oh, I fucked up. Sorry. But close. If you really smush them, if you really... Yeah. Smush it like I mean, you're speaking you, French. What? You got <laughs> You got to play with syllables, mm -hmm. dude, to mm -hmm. make uh, little jingles work. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, Principal Wartz, like, has balls to try and get the entire school in the auditorium and teach single-handedly to yeah. the entire class. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that takes a... That takes, that takes a lot of... Uh, I've... The fervor with which he sings bingo on the guitar, though, like for some reason, what it cuts to that. And I, my memory was he was singing Michael, row the boat ashore, yeah. hallelujah, which would have been a lot funnier. But, yeah. but yeah, what was it? What was like, like what? left side of the room, right side of the room, and nobody <laughs> is like responding. What was your what was your elementary school principal like? If you don't mind speaking uh, to do that, you mean, do you mean do you mean the pastor? <laughs> the pastor was the principal. I guess that yeah, that would have been the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were they were God fearing, and you feared them. Right on. Sounds sounds that's, all right. That's that's what happened. We had a superintendent. Okay, is, uh, is what we had in between. Uh -huh. There were there were a couple different people in the seat, um, mm -hmm. a few different times. Mm -hmm. But yeah, somebody who went to uh, to get demerits fairly often. Didn't uh, didn't have the interest in being there. So fair, <laughs> sounds good. Just you got a good scolding, got told to remember a Bible verse and, and bring it back sent, to them next week. Sent on your way, and sent sent on your way to, yeah. to go and put new shoes on if you're wearing Pokemon shoes to Christian school. Well, the evolutionary aspect. I think that might have been like the biggest. Well, monster, monster. The amount of evolve. mental yeah. gymnastics they had to do mm -hmm. to explain to second grade Sean. <laughs> They would have. They they probably thought I was possessed. Miss Slovak has really bad posture. She did. She's always she always be slouching. She's really true. really bad yeah. posture. This was a thing, right? Like the the hip full of change at arcades. Like that oh was yeah, definitely a thing, I right? I loved those as a kid. Like I wanted one of those when That's I was growing be up. So heavy. Yeah, because it's just like it's cylinders full so of quarters. Heavy. Yeah, yeah, four cylinders full yeah, too, yeah. and like you know that one one of those things that's like the ten dollars worth is a decent. It's got to be at least a pound. So no wonder her posture's all effed up because she's yeah, you know absolutely. working working shifts at the uh, working shifts at the arcade, and plus you know you got to hunch over to play like air hockey. Like if you're really like being serious about it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I will say like kind of like we opened the episode too. Like it is really sad to see that. I mean, it's it's poignant too, right? Because there's a strike mm -hmm. going on right yeah. now despite striking to get better working conditions for the job that you either want to spend your time in or that you enjoy to spend your time in sucks to see how they had to go and make ends meet in like kind of what historically are seen as like dead end or for fun jobs, not really for anything else other than mm -hmm. just, you know, saying that you're employed and they're still so positive about it, you know, like, yeah, they were really plucky about it. I mean, you got to respect that. Like all the teachers were plucky about it. Yeah. And then, with each and every one, you get the moment of them like finding a teachable moment within it. That's I, I think that was my biggest gripe with it is like maybe this is me watching it as an adult. Probably yeah, like, most definitely. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But seeing seeing them actually excited and jazzed about a moment to do something that they're striking from, mm -hmm. like 
ties it back to why the strike is important. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. we want to do this. Like, we want to teach the kids. We want to spend that time with them and, like, teach them and help them learn something. So much so that we're willing to do that even while we're on strike from them. And mm-hmm. the kids are just, like, so cold to it. They're, yeah. Like, disgusted. And, yeah. like, I get it. Like, you don't want to be in school. Sure. But, like, man, they were, like, this was hate. Hate kids, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) This episode, yeah, like it felt like weird and like a. I mean, this in if we're looking at kids versus adults narratives, yeah, so far up to this point, it feels like a lesser version of like the dynamic uh, of like kids versus adults that we saw, say, in like vacant lot. But I think that was different because I don't know because you're dealing with like the neighborhood adults or something like that, and it's like it was. Because well, here, the frustrations were yeah. just. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what it is. That's what it was. Like yeah. it, it was tied yeah, yeah, to yeah. an actual understanding of the circumstances yeah. at hand. Yeah, and the kids were completely first person. Like the strike mm-hmm. didn't matter, the wages didn't matter, mm-hmm. the things didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was we want to preserve our summer vacation, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, but like getting your vacation now anyway that was gonna say like but like that's fair and there are those like weird schools that are like year-round and have like hella breaks anyways i'm like i'm sure those kids don't necessarily bat an eye like that's pretty standard for them yeah Um, yeah you're fine it just like they they very quickly turned the adults into the bad guys without trying to understand okay i think that's what it was for me i was always like why are they so like why are they so up in arms about this like yeah because the rest of the rest of my notes were I feel like this is giving the wrong moral argument, stupid problems. They don't get it. Like, <laughs> then we do get a great coffee scene. Like, nice line delivery. Scott, of the Pilgr- entire... Scott Pilgrim reading, yes. Ramona reading off the list of tea. Like, it was the same, exactly. same vibe. Yeah. Yes. And that the barista was like, definitely over caffeine yeah, sure it's for a good cause <laughs> those were the notes that they gave to her was like hey uh, if you haven't already drank six cups of coffee come pretend in. like you did <laughs> and read your entire line like mm-hmm. this <laughs> just no stops between everything and then just delivers the banger track of mocha java java mocha rabi mocha krakatona state java zimbabwe sumatra antigua guatemala kenya hawaiian kona kona koala walla walla dark roast dark roast dark light roast <laughs> excellent good god I expected nothing less, but good job all the same. Thank you. One small stumble because I was focusing on reading versus the inflection, but I'll take it. That's a one take, everybody. That's no repeats. Hell yeah. Yep. And then there were also like little stupid names on the the bags in the back. Like I think my favorite one was Max's house after Maxwell house. (laughs) Uh Hey, surprise everybody. I drink a shitload of coffee. So so you know what you're talking about. This is my favorite thing. And you also see Cuba tuba. And the rest of them are just a bunch of like country and something that sillily sillily rhymes with it. Okay. And then yeah, we get into. I mean, the entire episode is my least favorite part of the episode. Mm-hmm. But then we get into the weird mm-hmm. tension mm-hmm. that exists between Principal Warts and Miss Slovak. Which I mean, do you think? Get your bag. Like proud proud of you too. Sure. But they were like unabashed about it. Yeah, it was like they the were whole episode. Yeah, it was like. To see it now, I'm like, oh, that's what this was all rooted in. Like, there was just this sexual tension between between these two uh, educators, one of whom has like power and authority over the other. Um, yeah. And there's like, yeah, like touching and arm placement throughout and the rest bedroom, of the episode. And bedroom eyes. Yes. yes. And bedroom voice. Bedroom voice. It's like, no, no. Uh, but Stinky also says, if it's so simple, why don't I get it? <laughs> again it's not simple see it is not simple and again just like continual points i think we've just been having this slow burn of like falling in love with stinky 
uh, this season. I do appreciate yeah. that. And I'm just he's a rising favorite character. Yeah, we're victims um, of the system. Just mangy old dogs kicked in the alley into a mud puddle. <laughs> Yeah, the only redeeming light of this episode. Stinky's just along for the ride. Yeah, Michael, I mean, I have notes for the rest of this, but it's just, like, gross. Like, the, the rest of the episode, like, the strike ends for reasons that I don't think it should have ended because mm. they compromised without actually getting the compromise. That is like, true. Yeah, she was just, know, she basically like, caved. She's like, you know, we could just use less chalk or whatever she, she says, right? Yeah, she caved. Uh-huh. On every front. And it just felt coercive. It felt coercive if that was... I mean, uh-huh. I've always kind of hated Principal Wards anyway, but, like, this yeah. this doesn't do him any favors. Suggestive, coercive. Uh-huh. When they walk out and he says, let's talk it over a cup of coffee, hearkening back to their coffee date earlier, he puts his arm around her waist, I think. Uh-huh. And then the kids complain about a 500-word essay in regards to what they learned when they tried to do a sit-in to say, I want to get back to school. Like... You fuckers. Like what <laughs> this episode is like I could I could go if we were ever to rewatch, I would skip this episode. Yeah, this is this is like a you definitely don't have to see this one at all. Nobody comes off great. Yeah, and only sixty five days till summer vacation is mm-hmm. not a great break the ice end of the episode yeah. joke, Arnold. Like that doesn't scream and that that from there I don't want to be like, All right, cute. Like no. Left a gross taste in my mouth. You should have switched these two around. We should have ended with Tour of the Pond. Mm, mm-hmm. That would have been a banger because then you would have been like, oh man, this at least at least the next episode can't be this bad. It would have been great. It's like when I it's like when I was at the movies last Saturday and I watched Bottoms and then I watched Strays when I really wish I had watched Strays and then Bottoms. I would not be caught dead watching Strays. <laughs> I have a strong distaste for live action anthropomorphic animals it's so weird to see english coming out of like actual animals mm. mouth like moving the mouths. mouths move to what's it called it just feels sure. corny and cheap and dumb sure sure for me I, at, yeah ever since homeward bound i think really. well in homeward bound i don't think they like move the mouths i think it's just like a static you know it was just hold on this dog them. and then yeah like I, but, but what they what what movie did do it was cats and dogs with a uh, toby mcguire and yeah, uh, Alec Baldwin. Movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Strays is not move, great. Everybody. Yeah, Never Strays is not great. If you're going to do it, animate him. Mm-hmm. Oliver and Company is so fucking good. Oh, I've hey, been before, to watch that. Before we, uh, we go on something that's great, let's, let's put a nail <laughs> on this coffin. Please, please, please. Um, you had a fan casting for this episode, Michael? Maybe sure. that'll redeem this? Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to Warts later because there's like, Warts continues to be kind of like the foil for a lot of these guys. I think I, yeah. there's some really funny episodes where he comes into conflict with like, Harold and Sid, so I'm gonna wait to cast him there. But just since we're probably never gonna see her again, at least after next week's episode, I hope maybe. Mm. I just figured I just I'd like to see Jamie Lee Curtis as Miss Slovak. That's she's a good got, call. She's got the hair, like the shock of short hair, just the very quirky, the very quirky energy. Plus, I'd love to see. I just yeah, in her like quirk, in her like arcade uniform, I'm like yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis could pull that shit off. Yeah, she, she can play off a suggestive voice too. Auditor, so, auditor of the year, Deirdre Bobirdra herself. She is so great in everything that she's in. She's and I'm like, glad that people are starting to notice it because there's, I don't know, you, you have so many really, really talented actresses that got their start as Scream Queens or like mm-hmm. made their break as Scream Queens mm-hmm. that definitely deserve to be seen for their acting chops. I mean, not limited to Jamie Lee Curtis, but you also have, I would argue Sigourney Weaver. 
Um, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would definitely argue that Scream Queen is a little bit of a you know a aggressive term for that. But then you also have Tony Collette, who oh, sure. is yeah. forever going to be robbed of the Oscar she should have gotten for Hereditary. Who else was nominated or who got it that year? I don't fucking remember. Just not Tony. No, not well, Tony probably, Collette. That's all that matters. It, but like, yeah. <laughs> but like Tony Collette, like at least deserved a nomination for yeah. it. And horror is continually snubbed. Yeah. Based off of that, it's really unfair. Um, Blow, obviously, like incredible performance mm. in Midsommar, like mm-hmm. always, and has been killing it in everything ever since. Yeah. And then I forget the girl's name that did Zoe's extraordinary playlist, but she, she popped off from the first Evil Dead of the reboots. Oh, her. That's right. That's yeah. right. I forget and her she's name. She's great. She's so good. Nah, she was so good in that one. I love. I love that. Yeah. That reboot. Yeah. Reboot and thing. then she's like yeah. funny and quirky uh-huh. in Zoe's too. Okay. Like, so yeah, shouts out to the Scream Queens out there. We'll cast all of you in Hey Arnold. Yes. It's not in these episodes. Um, so yeah, uh, as we do, we, let's let's wrap up with Mr. Simmons' morals Please. and get the fuck out of here. Um, it's okay. Sword of Pond. You say it. Michael, I like we the... talked about this yeah. one. <laughs> and it was to be leery of old money and family dynasties, yes. especially when they're closely connected. <laughs> and when they have two last names. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for Teacher Strike, find compromise by paying your employees, not other compromises yeah pretty nothing too pithy there like just that that's real there's like real ass stakes to that one pay your fucking workforce yep literally they are the pillars upon which you Mm -hmm. get to stand and then build by making others build your Mm -hmm. ivory tower that you get to sit on fuck y'all it's gonna name drop someone but i won't it's all good (laughs) i'm like (laughs) i won't like which ceo do i want to piss off right now (laughs) who gets more wind of this Um, there's a good chance that they watch our pod yeah they totally do do. from their yacht yeah that they do well um, while eating yeah, from... sh- while eating shrimp and dip for everyone oh my god they can eat shrimp and dip uh, <laughs> but as long as they never eat raspberries 